Welcome to Dark Adaptation, and thank you for joining our mini-series, Missing, Murdered, Mysterious, where we highlight unsolved cases of mysterious deaths and missing people, with a focus on BIPOC in North America. BIPOC is an acronym for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Thousands of people are reported missing each year. One of those people is Sanaya Dennis. And the family is still waiting for some answers. We've learned a Canadian woman is missing. Family says they have done all that was in their hands to find their loved one. I just want him to make it home to us. Pleading for help from the public to find their family member. The car was empty, the motor still running. The driver's side door was open. Sanaya Dennis was born on November 1st, 2001 to her mother, Letitia Dennis, and father, Calvin Bird, a.k.a. 40 Cal, a rapper from Harlem who's been on the scene since the early 2000s. Sanaya Dennis was raised by a loving family in the Bronx and is seen as a promising, bright young woman. In April 2021, Sanaya was a 19-year-old honor roll sophomore living on campus at Buffalo State University in New York, where she studied mechanical engineering technology. Around noon on April 24th, 2021, Sanaya had an argument with her alleged New York City boyfriend that resulted in him breaking up with her. Over the next couple hours, Sanaya tried calling him 59 times before texting him to say she wasn't feeling good and she wanted to end her life. In between unanswered calls and texts to her ex, she texted with at least two friends, also from NYC, where she again mentioned suicide. Around 6 p.m., Sanaya ended up having a four-hour conversation with one of these friends, where she said she was feeling better than she had earlier, and she was changing her mind about ending her life. She wasn't going to do it. The phone call ended around 10 p.m. At 11 p.m., Sanaya is allegedly seen on surveillance footage in her dorm. She had a small bag of personal belongings, and it was later determined by investigators that she threw away these items in a campus garbage can. Investigating officers and officials involved in this case did not publicly list or identify what the items were, but they did indicate it was, quote, apparent she didn't plan on returning to her dorm. After throwing away the personal items, Sanaya's bus card was used on a local bus, then a second bus traveling to the visitor center in Niagara Falls, New York. These bus rides were further confirmed by video surveillance obtained by Niagara Frontier Transportation Authority. If you are driving to Niagara Falls, New York yourself, it's about a 20-minute drive, but using public transit, the bus ride would take approximately an hour at that time of night. Around midnight, now April 25th, Sanaya messaged her mother, saying she loved her, she was sorry she missed her call, but she would call her back tomorrow. Sanaya apparently arrived at the Niagara Falls State Park, and at 12.17 a.m., she was allegedly captured on New York State Park police cameras, walking on the pedestrian bridge leading to Goat Island. At the same time, she received a text from a friend that said to call him within 30 seconds or he would call the police. They ended up speaking on the phone for 45 minutes, and during their conversation, Sanaya said she was going to jump off a bridge, but before they ended their conversation, she said she changed her mind and she wouldn't jump. 
The call ended around 1 a.m., and it was originally reported she took a selfie posing with a Nikola Tesla monument using Snapchat with Niagara Falls in the background. But this photo has received criticism, with people saying it has been edited or photoshopped. The photo was not seen by her Snapchat friends at the time it was allegedly posted, and instead surfaced a couple months after her disappearance. At 1.23 a.m., Sanaya messaged some friends saying that she was heading back to Buffalo. Minutes later, her phone dropped from the network, indicating it was turned off or destroyed. Sanaya never returned to Buffalo and hasn't been seen since. When her family hadn't heard from her, they asked the university to do a wellness check on April 25th. For whatever reason, the check was not done until the next day, so April 26th. Sanaya wasn't on campus, so the family reported her missing to Buffalo State Police, having not heard from her in nearly two days. Sanaya's father immediately traveled to Niagara Falls, New York, and spent the next week searching for his daughter. He was critical of police, the university, and the slow start to begin searching for Sanaya. He used his social media presence to spread awareness of her disappearance, even offering a cash reward for information that leads to her safe return. Quickly, volunteers, friends, and family formed search parties to help find Sanaya. Even though the university failed to do a timely welfare check, they stepped their game up quickly by circulating her information statewide to police agencies and hospitals through the New York State Missing Persons Clearinghouse and posting about Sanaya's disappearance on their website. Investigators initially believed that Sanaya may need medical attention and that she may still be in the western New York area or she might have traveled to Yonkers, New York. I assume they thought she was traveling to Yonkers, New York because she knew people in and around NYC, but I'm not positive. Police deployed canine units on April 30th, so this is six days after her family last heard from her, and the canines allegedly tracked Sanaya's scent in the water, which led the dogs to the, quote, brink of the falls. At a press conference on Buffalo State's campus on the afternoon of April 30th, the family expressed their frustration at the search, raising questions about the speed of the investigation and arguing that authorities on all fronts should have acted sooner. The next day, so May 1st, helicopter searches were initiated by police. Back in Niagara Falls, Julia Stevens of Allies for Black Justice led a search party and distributed posters around the area of the park where Sanaya had allegedly been captured on park cameras. They also posted flyers throughout western New York on telephone poles and in local businesses. After a, quote, exhaustive search and review of the evidence, officials found no signs of foul play or criminality in Sanaya's case, end quote. And with that, on May 6th, which is 11 days since Sanaya vanished, Erie County District Attorney John Flynn held a press conference and told reporters that all evidence indicates that Sanaya ended her own life by jumping into the falls. He added that they can't definitively say this is what happened, but it's, quote, the logical answer based on the evidence. He stated helicopter searches would continue for a few days in hopes that her body could be found, but he said her body may never be recovered. 
The water moves fast, so she could have gotten swept away, or her body could be stuck at the base of the falls in the large jagged rocks and boulders. While people grieved Sanaya's death and offered the family condolences, her family was shocked and in disbelief that D.A. Flynn announced Sanaya had taken her own life. And this is for two main reasons. One, they wanted to believe that their daughter was alive and they continue to believe that their daughter is alive because there's no proof that she isn't. And two, they weren't present at the press conference because they weren't even invited. During the press conference, DA Flynn stated he told the family about the DA office's conclusion that Sanaya had died by suicide, but this isn't exactly true. According to Sanaya's family, the DA's office informed them that their office would provide an update to the media due to the, quote, public interest in the case, but they had no idea the DA's office thought Sanaya was dead and was about to publicly say as much. Instead, they had to find out about this plan when media representatives contacted them for a statement. Straight up, the family felt betrayed. At this point, it wasn't only the DA's office, but they felt betrayed by the justice system and the university for failing to check on their daughter sooner. To Sanaya's family, it seemed everywhere they turned, they were being let down by the people that were supposed to protect their daughter and the people who were supposed to help them find her. Thankfully, the family had an amazing support group throughout this painful and frustrating time in their life. One of those people was Sherry Jefferson, the executive director of the African American Juvenile Justice Project, or AAJJP for short. Sherry began working with the family by heavily advocating for them by speaking to the media and helping to spread awareness of Sanaya's case. Soon after hearing the news that the DA's office had held a press conference, Sanaya's family released a statement. Quote, Upon careful review and consideration of the allegations presented by District Attorney Flynn regarding the issues surrounding the disappearance of Sanaya Dennis, we respectfully disagree with his presentation and were shocked by his assertion that he shared information with our family regarding her disappearance and his findings of suicide. End quote. So, Let's discuss why the evidence offered by the DA and law enforcement isn't enough to convince the family that Sanaya died by suicide. The first thing is the DA's findings that Sanaya jumped. So police used a canine unit to search for Sanaya, but her family questions how the dogs were able to get her scent. DA Flynn said the dogs tracked her scent in the water, but even with this being the case, Divers were never sent into the Niagara River leading up to the falls to search for clues or evidence like Sanaya's cell phone or to search for her body. The family is also critical of the fact that officials didn't even entertain the idea of shutting the falls down, which has been done in the past for various reasons. Other than supposedly tracking her scent in the water, there's no evidence that she jumped from what is suspected to be the bridge on Go Island Road. There's no surveillance footage showing she jumped and there's no witnesses, which is pretty wild for a place that has millions of visitors annually. Let's talk a bit more about this sort of surveillance footage dilemma. 
all video evidence of Sanaya's movements that night is non-existent to the family. D.A. Flynn told the media that Sanaya was captured on surveillance, but the family never saw any video. They only saw one still photo of Sanaya in the elevator at the Buffalo State dorm and one photo from the New York State Park police surveillance. And that still from said surveillance merely showed a black dot, which the family said looked more like a water drop or debris. The family also believes there should be other photos and video evidence to show Sanaya's movements that night. This would be important to see if she was potentially being followed, it could provide proof that she jumped, or it could show if she was with someone at any point. That last point is very important because her family is adamant that if she ever traveled off campus, it was either with another person or it was to meet someone else. Businesses on Old Fall Street, near the Falls, and area hotels denied the family access to surveillance video where Sanaya could potentially be spotted. They were also denied permission to look for her in these businesses and hotels. Cameras on the New York State Thruway and the Canadian-U.S. border have no videos that captured Sanaya in the area. The overall lack of surveillance footage and witness sightings put doubt in the family's mind that Sanaya ever actually arrived in Niagara Falls. And this doubt has been further bolstered by the fact that they've never received proof of the phone pings, text messages, or calls that D.A. Flynn said Sanaya made. So let's dive into the cell phone a bit more. The family has no evidence that Sanaya's phone pinged off a cell tower in the area, and on top of that, investigators were inconsistent with the ping details often changing the times the cell allegedly pinged, and these discrepancies could be easily sorted out if the family could just see the data and the records for themselves. The family also says they have no evidence of any suicide conversation. The text message that D.A. Flynn is using to conclude the alleged suicide occurred earlier in the day, 14 hours before he says Sanaya took her life. And these were the texts sent to the alleged boyfriend that say she wasn't feeling good and she was going to kill herself. Besides that, there is no evidence other than what her supposed friend claims she told him on the phone. And even that needs to be questioned because he waited nearly two weeks to share this information with police. So while her family is out there searching for her and pleading with the public and the press to help find Sanaya, he all along knew that, about this conversation that apparently happened, and this is his supposed friend, and he never mentioned this alleged suicide threat to the family at all while they are out there desperately trying to find their daughter. So definitely needs to be looked into and questioned. One of the big questions the family has is about Sanaya's bus ride to Niagara Falls. To start, they haven't even been told the exact bus and bus route she was on. Additionally, the DA said Sanaya was the only passenger on the two separate buses she took to get there. In the early days of investigating, police received a tip about a bus employee, which really raised concerns about his possible interactions with Sanaya, but the family never heard any more about this tip they never heard how and what the police were doing about it. And as far as they know, the police have dropped this lead altogether now that they think Sanaya died by suicide. 
To quote Sherry Jefferson of AAJJP, when you look at everything in totality, this is why the family has reason to believe that the office of the district attorney lied, misrepresented material, and was not honest and forthright. The fact that D.A. Flynn did not confer with them before the press conference, did not invite them to attend, suggests he did not want them to. A horrifying reality the family was facing was the potential that Sanaya had been abducted or trafficked. Western New York is a prime location for sex trafficking, mainly due to its proximity to the Canadian border. Several massage parlors in the Buffalo area, where Sanaya was living on campus, have been shut down by law enforcement for sex slavery. About conducting searches of Niagara Falls, New York, Sherry said, quote, We made a request for five companies on Old Falls by telephone, email, and social media. We went to ask for assistance for surveillance videos, and no one contacted us to say they had a video. Nothing. I gave a list of the 10 small hotels because I thought, if she's abducted, then she might be at some of the smaller hotels. That's where they bring a lot of girls for sex trafficking. End quote. As we know, this yielded no answers, as surveillance footage of Sanaya has never been provided and businesses denied search access. Western New York has a history of missing people, including young women. According to the Center for Missing and Exploited Children, there are currently more than 50 black girls missing from New York and New Jersey. Among the missing include 17-year-old Ashanti Moody from Manhattan, who was last seen April 7, 2021, 16-year-old Shanita Brown from the Bronx, who was last seen February 17, 2021, 17-year-old Destiny Lockett from Newark, who was last seen January 20th, 2021, and 19-year-old Cheyenne Coley from Buffalo, who was last seen at the Elliott Center for Rehabilitation and Nursing, where she was working on May 10th, 2021. Cases of missing Black children and teens have been and continue to be underreported. When they are reported on, they stay on the news cycle for a couple of days, if that, before the media attention quickly dissolves, ultimately feeding into the phenomenon known as missing white woman syndrome. Missing white woman syndrome is a phrase coined by the late journalist Gwen Ifill that addresses the media's fascination with covering attractive, middle-class looking white women in comparison to the missing BIPOC persons. I'm sure the faces of multiple white women that have gone missing in the past just flash before your eyes because you know their names and their faces, since they typically receive round-the-clock media coverage for weeks and even months, depending on the case and the circumstances. According to the National Crime Information Center, on average, more than 600,000 people go missing in the United States each year, with 40% of those cases being BIPOC persons. According to the Black and Missing Foundation, 38% of those missing 600,000 people are black, which is double the U.S. black population of about 14%. Those statistics are crazy. Recently, news outlets as a whole are slowly recognizing the disproportionate media coverage of missing people, thanks to groups like Our Black Girls, Allies for Black Justice, and the Black and Missing Foundation, who are hard at work addressing the coverage gap and advocating for missing Black people. Another group is the African American Juvenile Justice Project, 
AAJJP, which I've mentioned in this episode because the executive director, Sherry Jefferson, was working with Sanaya's family, who we should get back to. Family and friends said Sanaya was a creature of habit. She was organized and thoughtful, even calling them to say she would be late or to give updates on her day-to-day activities. According to everyone around her, Sanaya had no reason to take her own life. Especially not over a guy her family insists wasn't an exclusive or serious boyfriend. The fact that she apparently took her own life without a word to any of her loved ones or a note of some kind is out of the question to the family. They are also adamant that she would never run away and leave her life behind. Her sister said this was, quote, not of her nature. Sanaya worked two jobs. She was a mechanical engineer major. She was very focused on her studies. She's a good friend, a good person. She has a good heart. Police have said Sanaya's, quote, ex-boyfriend and friends are not involved in her disappearance. You know, the same friends and alleged ex-boyfriend that failed to report Sanaya missing or tell her family about their supposed conversations with her, but I digress. Instead, police firmly believe that she died by suicide since D.A. Flynn said there's, quote, no evidence of any criminality in this case. D.A. Flynn stated the investigation into her disappearance would remain open until she is recovered, but nothing has put the family any closer to being reunited with Sanaya and they continue to fight for answers and access to the supposed evidence that supports the DA's theory. Her family, quote, will continue to search for her and offer the reward. She is truly loved, and the family wants the person or persons to return her home. No questions asked. They are never losing hope that Sanaya will return home, but they do acknowledge that if something happened to Sanaya, it wasn't a suicide, but a result of foul play. Since no body has been found, Sanaya is still a missing person and listed as such on websites like ourblackgirls.com and Canada's Missing. Now she's reported as missing on Canada's Missing because Buffalo and Niagara Falls, New York are very close to the Canadian border and New York and Ontario often share information about missing people. Sanaya is a smart, beautiful girl with a bright future ahead. She is a black female with brown eyes and long, dark brown hair. She is five foot three inches tall and 125 pounds with a slender build. She was reportedly last seen wearing black and white checkered Vans shoes, black leggings, a black hoodie with white lettering on the left side of the chest and across the back, a yellow shirt underneath the hoodie, a black knit hat with white lettering on the brim, and she was carrying a small black backpack. She was 19 years old when she went missing, so today she is 21 and turning 22 in November. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Sanaya Dennis, who has been missing from Western New York since April 25th, 2021, please call the family's confidential tip line at 716-336-3147. Thank you for listening to this episode of Missing, Murdered, Mysterious. Please share this episode so we can continue spreading Sanaya's story, and hopefully, one day, we can help bring answers to her loved ones. I call it the missing white woman search syndrome. <laughs> if there's a missing white woman, we're going to cover that every day. 
black kids stay on the news cycle for about a day, maybe, and then they fall off the news cycle. An epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Indigenous women face a murder rate six times the national average.